Hey, it's Samantha Jones, and I am back with another episode of Sext in the City. This time around, we are talking about monogamy and if it's even possible in today's modern dating times when you have so many options. So, we're talking who's staying loyal and who's not. Check it out. Hi, everybody. We're here to talk about monogamy today and if it's possible in today's modern dating times. I have Saga with me. Hi. And and who are you going to be addressing this segment as? Like what character would you say you have the mentality as? I really wish I could say Charlotte, but I think definitely the way I've been living my life, I'm more of a Samantha. <laughs> um, we love I wish, Samantha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish it wasn't that way, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. Okay. Do you even, so as a Samantha, would you even say monogamy is a real thing? I mean, I think it is. We see it, but I think it's a lot harder for most people nowadays. Just you have so many options and especially living in the city, it's so easy to get away with something. Yeah. And I I even heard of dating recently as seamless on demand where you can just pick whatever you want and have it pretty much delivered to your door. So I think that definitely makes temptation a little more there. Well, it's so true because even though you might find someone, you're like, oh, they're great. There's always so many more people you're looking at. It's kind of like you're looking at an apartment. You find something you like, but then the second you sign a lease, you find something better and cheaper. Yeah, I was actually um, doing my research on monogamy and infidelity, and one of the statistics somebody put forth was that a lot of people um, think that they find their soulmate actually after they're already married. So that's that terrifying. <laughs> I guess I should just like tie the knot with somebody just so that way I can kick off finding my real soulmate if that's how it's done. <laughs> Um, nothing like a quickie one way or another. <laughs> um, so, so how for dating would you even define cheating? Do you think it's, um, as soon as you start seeing anybody or defining the relationship and how that comes into play? Yeah. Well, like I, I feel you can't ever think, define something as cheating unless you, both of you have truly sat down and defined your relationship. Um, a lot of people have open relationships, so to them, you know, that's not cheating. But I think, you know, definitely, I think for me, cheating is having something ongoing with someone else. I think there can be one-time mistakes that can definitely be forgiven. But anything ongoing, I would consider really cheating. And getting out, breaking your monogamous relationship. Yeah, I definitely think there's kind of a time frame when you start seeing somebody that no one expects you to be kind of monogamous at that point but it's interesting because there are there are so many relation open relationships now even if you just open an app there's people who are like have a girlfriend but we're in an open relationship and at that point it's confusing are you really are you just on here trying to have a little cake too Well, it's also tough because, especially now, we're all so busy, it's almost impossible 
to get your schedules coordinated, you can technically be seeing someone for weeks or a few months, and to one person that might mean, oh, we hit a number, that means we must be exclusive or we must be dating, but to someone else, until they've really sat down and had that conversation in their mind, it's not exclusive or not a relationship. Exactly, and I think that's also very different from place to place as to when people even want to have that conversation because I, for one, have been ghosted after dating people for like three months, which I would say in New York is about the time frame people start thinking about do they want to have that talk and be exclusive or do you know you just kind of want to fall off the face of the earth. But I saw um, a statistic earlier and most people talk about defining the relationship within four to five dates, which seems super soon to me like way, way too, too early soon. way too early um I mean it's one thing if you both are in that place and you know you're ready to be with someone ready to fall in love I just think that's way too early we're all adults here I don't think you know enough about someone to want to say I want to be with you after four dates yeah I've seen my delivery guy more than I've seen you at that point and also you have to think about the first two dates a lot of people have their guard up and you don't know if you're really getting to know them, the real them. 100%. I also think you should never start being exclusive with someone until you've really gone out with their friends and see what they're like. So I'm hesitant to even introduce people to my friends until I feel like you're definitely going to be around. I feel like what's the point of introducing you to people in my life if you're going to be gone the next day my thing now is speaking of monogamy and having been had someone be non-monogamous non-monogamous to myself I am now like crazy psycho lady and I want to know every single person you've interacted with because if you are cheating or you have another woman I want to know and I'm not going to stand for it that's fair. I will say I want to meet your friends and see what they are like, but I just don't know if I want to introduce you to mine. So, TBD. But I think it would be fun to do another episode on ways to catch people if they are cheating and all the ways we can be stalker and creepy. So I'm going to work on setting that up. Send tips. Yes. How do you stalk and show you're crazy? Or not show you're crazy because you actually don't want people to know if you're crazy so let's use due diligence instead of crazy yes how do you do your due diligence on somebody when you're dating okay but after we do finally make it through the dating stage and we get into marriage what are the odds that that's even monogamous I mean I guess it's living here in New York and being so jaded you just you just assume somebody's going to cheat, statistically. I mean, I feel like in New York City, I would venture to say 70 to 80% of people have cheated in their marriage. Whether that be a one-night stand, an emotional affair, an extramarital affair, I think it's high. I 100% agree. I think everyone is capable of cheating. I think everyone is capable of infidelity. And I think it has to deal with you being put in a situation that makes you want to cheat and I think for some people that's just seeing some hot chick and they're like I want that and you're drunk at a bar and that leads to it but I also think 
even people who never thought they would cheat, maybe if their spouse is neglecting them and they feel like they're being ignored and all of a sudden they're getting attention from somebody else that they haven't been, then maybe those circumstances change and that's kind of the leverage for them to cheat. But I definitely think everyone's capable of it. Yeah, I'm actually just reading this statistic right now from Gotham Magazine that says 87% of married women seeking to have an extramarital affair prefer to have one with a married man. Oh, is... So sort of canceling out the bad? That's because if you have a secret and I have a secret, no one tells anyone. secret and we're all safe. I mean, technically, I was reading earlier that only... Three to five percent of mammals are monogamous, which humans are, and that just biologically we're not meant to be monogamous. I mean, technically we are kind of like out in the wild if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, definitely living here, it feels like it's the wild, even though there are no trees, but <laughs> it's a jungle out there, an urban jungle. Well, I think the tough thing with cheating is it rarely just hurts the people involved it hurts you know whether there's kids involved or other family members or friends I think that's where all the taboo kind of comes from um and I also think monogamy like in the beginning was sort of a form of oppression not to get all you know philosophical on everyone but I think originally when it sort of became bad to cheat or go outside of the marriage it was a way to kind of suppress people do you think it's it was like a way for men to suppress women as in men were more likely to cheat no I actually think it was more kind of government and church trying to suppress people and sort of keep people in line um I think men and women are just as equally to cheat I think men Sorry, guys, you get the worst rep for it, but I think there are just as many women out there cheating as men. Well, on another episode, we do talk about kind of the power dynamics and how they've shifted now that women are in the workforce and making their own money and kind of breadwinners, and and it was said that while more men did cheat before, women are kind of pretty much just as likely to now because... What is it? Independent women song. Destiny's Child. (laughs) Well, also, I mean, just statistically in cities, people get married so much later. And I think it's one because you have all these options. You have social media showing like yourself wanting to experience things. And I think that means people travel everything just experiencing different things. So why would you settle down at 25, two years out of college when you're financially stable, have the ability to date around, meet people, and still have a pretty good lifestyle, not being reliant on just getting married. Yeah. I would be interested in hearing about if people responded to a survey as to why most people cheat, which I feel like this is probably out there, whether it be they were just attracted to someone else, they felt neglected, Um, they thought their significant other was cheating on them, so they decided to cheat back, which I personally am guilty of. So I think there's a whole host of reasons kind of why it even happens. 
Absolutely. And I think one thing I also wanted to talk about just based on this episode of Sex and the City is do you consider it a form of emotional cheating of dating someone and just waiting around for kind of the perfect one to come around? Do you think that's fair to the other person or do you think that that's totally okay? That's a very normal thing that happens. People wait for someone to get out of a relationship so they just waste time until then. I think that's definitely true. I do. I think that's kind of part of the options point is that people are overwhelmed by options. And so everyone is terrified to commit to anything these days. And I mean, kind of the basis of this whole entire episode on Sex in the City is Carrie goes to a restaurant with her friends. And while she's there, she sees Mr. Big on a date with another woman. And Carrie's appalled. She thought they were exclusive, but they've never had that talk so why can't Mr. Big keep his options open absolutely and I think I've definitely been guilty of kind of pulling a carry in these scenarios where you know I've been I had been seeing someone you know for quite some time but we had never established boundaries and same thing he had mentioned to me that he had gone on a date with another woman and I freaked out I was so mad but then I sort of took a step back after the relationship had ended and realized he kind of didn't do anything wrong. And I think you really have to be open and honest with a partner about that, but I also don't think you can rush into having that conversation. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's hard unless you do have the conversation. Like, I don't know how long Big and Carrie were dating at this point. If it had been, like, six months I think there might be more of an expectation at that point that oh you probably aren't seeing anybody else but again it's kind of that conversation and when do you even have it no I totally agree okay and speaking of monogamy have you ever been in a situation where you wanted to talk to someone about being exclusive Um, maybe getting a title, boyfriend, girlfriend, but you're just kind of scared and don't know how to do it. Oh, totally. I dated, I mean, literally Mr. Big. He, at the time he worked, you know, he used to work at Bear Stearns. So did, you know, Mr. Big and Sex in the City looked alike, acted alike. And I will bring up that, you know, we probably should not have been dating. He was single, nothing like that. Don't worry. But I was too terrified to ask for anything because, one, I was worried he was going to say no. Two, I was just trying to be the easy, breezy, kind of young, fun girl type of thing he was looking for. But I ended up, you know, basically self-destructing because I was so worried all the time about what he was doing was he with someone else and when I found out he was with someone else I felt like I couldn't even be mad because we'd never discussed anything or put a label on it and had we just talked about it I think things would have gotten better because this lasted over the period of a few years and by the time I actually did get to that point and ask for it you know I did get the yes in a way but We had self-destructed so much, I think, of the trust in our relationship that we were doomed to fail. 
Yeah, I mean, to your point about self-destruction, I kind of, I've wanted to have that conversation with people after we've been dating a few months, but I wasn't sure where they were. And so I think we overly try to come across as the cool girl, not caring, we're down for whatever you are. And then we seem actually crazy because we're trying to play that part so much. So while I'm sending you paragraph text messages about how awesome and chill and I don't care I am, it really makes me look insane and like maybe I am. (laughs) No, totally. And also when you don't have any way to like truly bring out your frustrations or your anger that bubbles. I mean, I remember being at dinner and just like snapping at everything like you know I'd be like why'd you say hi to that girl and he'd be like that was the waitress you know (laughs) (laughs) you just you get to the point where you're just so overly paranoid about everything but it's because it's partly your own making and that's I think the hardest part rather than just asking for it but I know definitely in my position I was way too scared too yeah so I think if anyone's kind of thinking about having this conversation and how to go about it, I think the best way to do this is just be honest with what you want. And I mean, they're going to be honest back and maybe they don't want the same things. And there you go. You have your answer. If they don't want the same things, stop wasting your time, cut your losses and move on. But it's always better to just know than to drive yourself crazy and eventually look crazy to other people by, by doing that. Totally. And even just having the facts out there. I mean, in a weird way, I know some people feel better knowing that the other person doesn't want to be in a committed relationship and taking it from there. Whether they choose to still keep them around casually or things like that, it's at least now become your choice rather than giving it to someone else. Yeah, you're you're back in control in that way. 100%. And speaking of when you get to committed relationships. Here it comes, guys. (laughs) The stories you've been waiting for. (laughs) There are ways to know, you know, as we kind of mentioned earlier, if someone is cheating on you. A surefire way to tell is if someone asks to see your phone and they will not let you see it. If they use the lines, you're paranoid you don't trust me, you're imagining things, and don't hand over the phone. They are cheating on you. There, I said it. Yes, I am the one who has called people paranoid (laughs) and crazy and not trusting me. And I'm so sorry if you're listening. You had every right not to. (laughs) And also, guys, don't ignore red flags. They, If there are warning signs, it's probably happening. I mean, I know I experienced it where I really just overlooked a lot of things. And then the second I figured out what was going on, you know, you you know, everything falls into place. The red flags are called red flags for a reason. And I mean, I'm going to go out of limb and say 10 times out of 10, they're cheating if you're seeing these red flags. If you see another girl's underwear in their room, they are cheating. cheating. Red flags, they're all over the place. Sometimes they look like Victoria's Secret thongs, just so you know. (laughs) If they never invite you back to their apartment, it's because they are living with another girl. That's a good one. Yeah, I found that out the hard way, you guys. 
Um, I found another girl's razor and shaving cream in my boyfriend's shower one time. He told Was he getting in touch with his feminine side? <laughs> <laughs> he told me... He obviously remembered that it was in the shower because when I was coming out of the bathroom, he was standing outside of the door saying, I can explain. I'm like, this should be a good one. <laughs> it wasn't. And that's where cheating because you think someone else is cheating on you comes into play. Should have broken up then. We decided to We're stick it human. out. We wanted to torture each other a little bit longer. Eventually, of course, it ended when I found text messages in my phone that he had sent to other guys when I was asleep. So, another red flag. Do you think you could ever forgive someone who cheated? Kind of what would you forgive people for and what not? I mean, I think I could definitely forgive a one night, you know, mistake on a trip or, you know, just a one night thing. I feel like I'd be way easier to forgive that than like an emotional affair where no like physical cheating took place. Because I feel like if you're emotionally investing in someone else, there's clearly more underlying problems in the relationship that either both of you have to be willing to be super honest and fix those rather than getting carried away one night. Agree. I would definitely somebody rather like get drunk while they're on a business trip and like bone some stranger than to develop feelings for somebody and even if they never had sex with them. If it's a one-time thing with someone I know, I don't think I could forgive that. That, no. Must be a stranger. Must be a stranger. And also, I don't know what's up with people wanting to clear their conscience and tell you that they cheated on you ever. I'm telling you right now, I'm basically just, you know, giving anyone permission who wants to date me to cheat on me. I don't want to know. I do not want you to ever feel bad and tell me that you cheated. Please keep that to yourself. If... I agree. Like, if it's a one-time thing and I found out about it somehow, I could forgive that even if they didn't tell me. I would want them to tell me if there was something more than that that had happened that had been ended for a while, but then they wanted to tell me. I think I would want to know that. Like, if they had an ongoing affair with someone? Yeah, especially if it's someone who maybe I would have found out about. I would want to know that. I don't know if I could... I think I could, in the right circumstance, forgive that if, you know, it was, you know, you're married and I think there's opportunity to rebuild from that, but I find it oddly harder to forgive an emotional affair than I do a physical one. Same. Yeah, I think if you're, if there's a situation where it's going to come out for sure and your partner's going to hear it from someone else, in that case, it is better to hear it from you, but again, you're out of town, you mess up, take it to the grave. Agree. Okay, and I think that is our talk on monogamy for today. Um, Everyone can feel so optimistic about their relationships (laughs) after that. Um, Don't forget to go through your partner's phone when you get home and see what their reaction is. And I'm sure we'll be back more with this subject because this is sexed in the city after all.